Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Legendarium Podcast. Uh, this is uh, episode number 410, I think. Wow. Whatever it is, Todd and I... I'm, oh, I'm Craig. Hi, everybody. I'm Craig. He's Todd. How's it going, Todd? <laughs> I'm Todd. It's going good. Good. Uh, we're here to talk the Wheel of Time, but we're here to talk Wheel of Time very, very briefly, okay? Let me tell you what we're doing, and then we'll get into a sort of mini discussion about the Wheel of Time. So, Todd as has been well documented on this show for years and years, <laughs> has wanted to read The Wheel of Time, has felt very left out, hates that have, that I he have. couldn't uh, participate in the Wheel of Time series that we did uh, <laughs> a few years ago. So, so Todd and I are going to do a Patreon-exclusive Wheel of Time series. We're not going to do an episode after every book, necessarily, but we are going to do episodes every so often. Yes. So Todd and I have recorded three episodes now. Three. Uh, episode number one, after book number one. Episode yep. number two, after book three. And then we just recorded something after book four. Here's the problem. <laughs> after the great computer crash of 2023, I don't have that first episode anymore. Mm -hmm. It's gone I'm so sorry to everybody who was looking forward to listening to that, but it is just gone. It's just you gone. postponed posting it for just a little too uh, long. Apparently, that's right. So this, yeah, these are going up much sooner. So because of that, Todd and I are going to have, you know, maybe a little 10, 15 minute discussion sure. about book one and, and how it went and just try to get people kind of pumped up for this series. So again, this is not something that is going to appear on the normal feed often. Uh, or if ever again, I don't think it will ever again, but it will be on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash legendarium, or you can go to thelegendarium.com and find the button there. It'll take you there. Yep. Uh, but you can do this for as little as a dollar an episode, which comes out to usually four bucks a month. Never more than that, sometimes only three. But all you have to do is put a buck in the tip jar for every episode and you get into Patreon. It is not a big lift. Uh, and this is something that we haven't really done before, Todd, which is actually offer people something to have in <laughs> Patreon. It's, it's been a pure tip and, jar up to this point. And it's me <laughs> that we're offering. Oh, boy. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. That's fine. <laughs> well, and, and it makes sense that we wouldn't put my experience with the Wheel of Time on the main thing because we as a podcast, as a team, mm. you guys did some wonderful stuff the first time through. Did you actually listen to those? No. Oh, good. Okay. Because I didn't want to be in... So how I, do you know how wonderful they are, Todd? Because everybody talks about them all the time. <laughs> Every time I'm around them, they're like, oh, and I had so much fun when you guys were doing the Wheel of Time. That was what really sold me on staying in the podcast. And how I'm do like, you think I feel Thanks. about The Expanse and Dresden? I mean, come on. That's, those are the other ones. It's kind of the other thing, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We had a good time. So, Todd, <laughs> you have now read the first few books of The Wheel of Time. We want to zero in on book one and your experience with that. But tell me a little bit about what you were expecting. Uh, did, were you expecting anything beyond what you'd heard from us? Was there anything kind of in the air about Wheel of Time that you knew? Or is this a pretty blank canvas for your imagination uh there were there were three things that kept coming up over and over and over again uh and and not just from not just from you guys having done it uh but from you know people i'd see at fan x or at comic-con or 
uh, Dragon right. Steel. I mean, when people would talk about it, they would they would talk about. The, I, I would hear people say, "Wow, it's really long, mm. but so worth it." And so I was ready for the fact that I, I in fact, I was preparing myself for the fact that uh, that probably there was going to be a lot of setup and not necessarily a lot of payoff uh, in the beginning of in the beginning of these books, which I I feel like and and maybe I will adjust this expectation later on. But I feel like that wasn't necessarily fair because there is a lot of payoff in these in, in each each book does a fairly decent job of paying off a big piece of the story along the way. Uh, I recognize that it is uh, that it's that it's like, you know, you're climbing, a, you, you climb a mountain by getting to a certain spot and then going back down and going up a little higher and going back down when you're climbing big peaks. And so it kind of feels like that we pay off a little bit, but we're not paying off the whole thing yet. But it's still enough of a payoff that it doesn't make it feel like it's terribly long. Right. Uh, the second thing that I that I had heard uh, from lots of people is that uh, Robert Jordan writes his male characters as very interesting and multidimensional, and his female characters as fairly two dimensional at best, and uses them as um, uh, I won't say in a chauvinistic manner, but I will say that the uh, the phrases of and she crossed her arms underneath her breast or, you know, whatever. Uh, You're talking about like zeroing in on physical characteristics. Physical characteristics rather than treating them as very complex uh, intellectual people. Right. Um, and so I heard that. And in book one, I can't say that I saw a lot of that. In fact, in book one, uh, I struggled to really get very much in the way of clear descriptions of any of those characters, really. Um, and so, you know, at, at book one, I was kind of like, oh, well, um, maybe it'll show up later. Uh, the third thing was that it was very epic in its nature. Mm -hmm. And so there was going to be lots of things introduced, lots of things that are lots of world building. And yeah, there has been, uh, even in book one, there was, there was a lot of world building. Um, and I, I think I read differently than I used to. Um, and uh, well, obviously, I mean, if I don't read this, if I'm reading the same way I was when I was 17, there's a real problem going on. Uh, but I, but I read the exposition a little, a lot differently. And so I can see when there is, uh, pieces of information being doled out, but it's not an info dump. And so there's a little bit given and a little bit given and a little bit given, and it keeps getting teased out. And so I feel like uh, I will have an unclear view of this world until I get to the last book. And then what I'll probably want to do is go back and reread the whole thing again and see if all of those things start to, if I catch things differently right. the second time through. It's it, This is a difficult thing to say about the Wheel of Time because of the second thing people said or the first thing people said it's just long yeah it's just long but so it's difficult to say this but it really helps to reread it yeah no i get it i get <laughs> it, it really does you get to the end of it and then start over i and which i haven't well actually i can get there in just a second but when we read it for the show i had read up to book 10 and then i was rereading those and so i didn't have the ending yet but I had so much context that yeah. when I went back and started with book one for the shows, you know, Different. all the synapses were firing yeah. and the connections were being made and it was great. So it really benefits from a reread. I actually am 
rereading it right now. Oh, very cool. Not for you, not for the show, not for anybody. This is for me. I will be going at my own speed because I have to. <laughs> I've wanted to do a reread basically since we stopped uh, when we finished it for the show. But obviously, we've got books for the show. We had COVID put a real damper on things. You'd think yeah. I would have read more in 2020, but I read way, way less no, in 2020. 2020 was hard. You guys saved the show in 2020 because I we did a lot. Whatever. Anyway, um, what, what was I going to say? Yeah, I. So now I'm reading more than ever for the show <laughs> between author shelves and yeah. and author interviews and and just the regular episodes that we do. Sure. I'm reading more than ever. And so I finally got to the point where I said, you know, this enough is enough. I even if it takes me two months, I am restarting Eye of the World. And it's been very fun. I'm I'm not even out of the two rivers yet. Okay. We just had the Trolloc attack and uh, I love making all those connections. So yeah, yeah. Um, if you I ever if you ever get to a point where you you finish a book and you and I are supposed to record, but you know, maybe it's gonna be three or four days, you should just go back and put on the eye of the world again, read <laughs> or listen to whatever the first uh, five or ten chapters. Yeah. And just watch your mind kind of explode with all the uh, knowledge that you have now i it's fun i i i'm kind of i'm kind of looking forward to that i remember we were talking um uh it was when we were finishing the expanse uh we were talking to stephanie and she said that she had put them on like oh. two times speed yeah and crushed through the whole thing in like eight days i think it was like two and a half or three i i can't remember it's, it, i think it was about two and a half weeks 14 books. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And, and the way that she, and, and she was, uh, compared to what she had to do to get through the expanse, which bless her heart, she got through the expanse with us, <laughs> yeah. but she was having a much better time doing that. And, uh, and so I'm, I, I recognize that there is, uh, there is something to be gained by doing that. Yeah. So we'll see where it happens. So impressions then as you went through the first book of Robert Jordan's style, do you enjoy his prose? Uh, how would you describe his writing style? Uh, approachable is how I would describe his writing style. Um, it's not, um, it doesn't feel as... Um, heavy as some other authors. Tolkien for me, when I first read it, was very heavy. Mm -hmm. um, and and maybe it was just because I didn't have enough experience. Maybe it was just because his style's a little heavy. Um, you know, I, I, I'll let others decide that for themselves. But I don't feel that way with Robert Jordan. Um, and maybe part of the reason that I feel it's very approachable is because the I'm doing it on audiobook. Hallelujah for audiobook. I'd never be able to keep up with this reading pace <laughs> if it weren't for audiobooks. Uh, but the two people that are reading those audiobooks, Michael Kramer and Kate Redding, are the two people that I'm used to hearing from Brandon Sanderson's. <laughs> and so I'm I feel like I've sat down with two very good friends again. Mm. And uh, and maybe that's part of why it feels. Uh, maybe that's part of why it feels approachable and maybe part of it is because having read brandon's style there are certain elements uh that feel very uh harmonious between the two styles right i recognize and, and you know i'm saying that i recognize that uh in the pantheon 
Robert Jordan started the process, passed away. Brandon finished it. So well, Brandon was a big fan long before he stepped in to finish the books. Right. He, he'd been a fan of these books for a long, long time. They informed the way that he wrote, which is why when Harriet read, I believe it was Mistborn, she, uh, sorry, yeah. Robert Jordan's widow. Yeah. When yeah. she read Mistborn, she went, ah, here's the guy. I, I, for some reason, I thought it was Elantris, but people have told me it was Mistborn, so I'll trust them. Uh, either, either way, either way yeah. she read it and went, and he was a relative unknown at the time. He sold well here in Utah, <laughs> you know, yes, he did. but, uh, but outside of Utah, relative unknown. And then she recognized, oh, this is somebody who has those things in common and could be a good, uh, again, relatively seamless fit for the and, others. And apparently everyone else is thrilled with it. Mm. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like his style. I don't feel uh, I don't feel overwhelmed. I don't feel uh, I feel intimidated when I look at the when I when I download it and I look at how much time it says it will take. Oh gosh! And I have the books. Uh, I have several of the hard copies of the books mm-hmm. uh, that have so been given you know to how me as gifts. So I so I I recognize I am attacking bookstop or doorstop level you know material this is here. Why I picked it up the first time. My, was because it was so thick? Well, my cousins, when I was growing up, like as a teenager, they had them sit, sitting around the house. And, oh, you've got to read this book, this series. It's amazing. So this is back in the 90s when all this was kind of in full swing. And they were so annoying about it that I refused. I just would not touch the wheel of time. Yep. <laughs> I understand. You know how that goes. I do. Uh, Ken is still this way. But anybody who's been a teenager knows what this feels like. Yes. <laughs> I mean, there are shows that I refuse to do. I was going to say, we're all this way to a certain extent. I, I pick on Ken, but only because I have it's to. Easy. I have it's to. easy. Uh, no, but I, I, so I refused to read them because they were too annoying. My cousins were too annoying about it. And then when I lived in Seattle and was bike commuting, and I knew it was going to be 60 to 90 minutes on my bike every single day, I. I was like, ah, what audiobooks can I listen to? And then I remembered, oh, that's right, The Wheel of Time is long before the podcast. Uh, so I opened up The Wheel of Time, and the first one is like 42 hours long or something. Like, I can't yeah. remember. And I went, bingo. Yeah. <laughs> so I went for it. Yeah, I look at it now, and I read at 1.7 speed. Oh, wow. Uh, or I listen that's, at 1.7 okay. speed. Okay, that's and aggressive. So, But even then, they're like 30 hours. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. Okay. Yeah, you know what? You know what it does for me with these long audiobooks. I know we're kind of going on a tangent, but hey, we are who we are. It it has it has given me a great excuse to exercise better. <laughs> okay. Seriously, I, when I know, hey, I I've got an audiobook that I can read, and you, these ones. I'm not speaking to these ones necessarily, but uh, you pick your audiobook. Oh, yeah. I'll look up some nonfiction thing, some explainer on the Ukraine war yes. or uh, like a, a history of the Israel-Palestine conflict or something like that. And it's like, this this book is, this audio book is eight and a half hours long. And I'm like, get out of here. You're not but, long enough. Yeah. <laughs> there are there are a couple of books that I have picked up as, as palate cleansers. Yeah. Uh, that are, you know, uh, the science behind science fiction was one of my favorite mm, ones. Nice. Uh, and it was... It said, you know, these lectures are intended to be, you know, and it was like six hours. And I'm like, oh, please, I 
we'll be done with you by the end of the by the end of the day go if to, I've got a long bike ride. Go to, go to the bathroom and be done by the time I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, working through working through this material has been yeah. uh, really interesting. So, I I promised a mini episode, but we'll see how many it really is. I just want to ask you a couple of things about book one. Do you have any standout moments, especially now that you've been through a few books? You look back on book one. What's the kind of first scene or image or character that comes into your mind? Um, there's uh, there's three. There's three. Um, and one is very early on. And it's the uh, it's the residue of the Trolloc deck on the two rivers. Mm. Um, and when when Rand comes out of the out of the woods, having dragged his father all night, you know, all night long. And he and he says he, he doesn't realize how long it's been but he sees the sun coming up and they've avoided, he's avoided Trollocs and all these, and he sees the residue. And, you know, one house is standing and one house isn't. And it's like, this is so strange. I thought it was just us. No, it was the, it was, it was all of the, it was all of the two rivers uh, or it was all of our village here in the two rivers. Um, that scene stands out. The second scene for me that really stands out is the ferry crossing. When, mm. Uh, Moraine, when Moraine shows what she can do with the power for the first time, rather than it's not just healing, it's not throwing a few firecrackers, but we see this, uh, this command over the water and over the night and her spinning staff starts to become this, uh, this glowing uh, rod that, you know, expands and st- and everybody's afraid to get close to it uh, or close <laughs> to her. And, and then they say, and you know, and, and now we understand why Aes Sedai are to be feared. Uh, that, that image, that moment uh, was one that, that really stood out to me. Um, and the you other one, that, the third one, yeah, okay. the other one that, sta- the other one that stands out is uh, the battle between random uh, Balsamon at the end. Um, oh really? First book. Okay. Um, I mean, there are other ones too. No, I, I I only react that way because it doesn't stand out. I've read it three times now. I think w- whatever it is, I've I've read it a few times, and I still can't really recall how that goes. So I guess part of the reason for that, um, not that I'm asking, but I'll, no, 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 I'll but, get there again. But I know that uh, there is. I remember where I was when I went through that part. Uh, I was on a long bike ride. Uh, long bike rides tend to be dangerous for me to do these on because especially if I'm trying to train for something and Mm -hmm. I was, uh, so I was pushing pretty hard, which means that my resistance and my barriers are down a little bit. Uh, and there was the moment where, uh, in that battle where Rand is being presented with what he can have and he's presented with his mom and I... I started to cry, <laughs> but I was on my bike and I said, I'm not going to stop for this, man. <laughs> so I muscled through and kept listening to it. Uh, but just this, this, uh, this immense feeling that this battle, this battle that was going on was not a battle of, uh, not a battle of swords. It was not a battle of implements. It was a battle of wills. And it was, so hard 
to muster the courage and the strength to stay with it, to stay the course. Uh, and of course, Rand thinks, oh, good. I, we survived. I, I beat. The, and we're done. I, I beat him. The battle, the last battle is over. All hail the last dragon. And Marine is like, you don't have a clue what just happened. We're not even close. And I'm like, I, I mean, I kind of knew that because I know that there's 17 more books or whatever it is, but, <laughs> but wow, you know, so that, that yeah. one stood out. And I mean, there are other, there are other moments. I'm trying to remember. For me, the, the image that first comes to mind is Matt and Rand on the road to Camelin where they have several stops with oh, yeah. just stuff. I, you know, I won't rehearse the whole thing, but dark friends and, and uh, tomfoolery, so to speak. And oh yeah. The instruments and all that Sl stuff. Sleeping in, sleeping in, bar in barns and the woman that says, you know, can I stay with you? And then they're like, why does she want to stay with us? <laughs> Holy crap. What is she trying to do? Glass daggers, acid. Blah! Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Your impression is uncanny. Um, I can't believe you're not reading these books. For us, you know, after <laughs> Michael Kramer and Kate Redding, and and now uh, what's her name from the series is reading them. Yeah, uh, I would love the opportunity. Uh, if anybody's listening and you're saying to yourself, "Gee, we need somebody new and fresh," uh, I can be had um, <laughs> for the low, low price. <laughs> well, we'll discuss it. Uh, <laughs> I actually did a, I, a funny story. I did an audiobook a couple of years ago mm. uh, and really loved the process, and then was in the first year of my doctorate program. So I said goodbye to that for a little while. Yeah. And maybe I'll come back to it. I did a I did an audio book as well. It was utterly fascinating. People should probably be lining up to listen to it. The name of it? No, this is a lie. This is a lie. And no, <laughs> okay. It, no, it, it's a how to buy a veterinary practice. Okay. Okay, so, okay. And no, my point just being I would not be great, I think, at the fiction reading, but give me a nonfiction book and I'm solid. I can I, do that. So. I think both have their place. Yeah. So when I'm when I'm ready to publish my nonfiction book, I'll consider you as an option. <laughs> All right. So anything else from book one that we want to pull out and talk about? Uh, favorite favorite locale. Give me your favorite locale. We've had the two rivers. We had the road to Camelin. Yeah. Camelin. And then kind of the borderlands and the blight. Yeah. Um, probably for me, it's came. I guess, I, I'm sorry. I, we could also throw in the wilderness when, uh, when Perrin oh, yeah, and yeah, Egwene yeah. are kind of out with the white cloaks. So yeah. there's that too, but. Um, yeah. No, for me, it's probably Camelin. Um, and um, I'm trying to remember my order. Uh, Camelin was also where Tom Maryland catches back up or where, the, where uh, Rand and. Uh, uh, Rand and Matt, that's where they, that's where they lose Tom Maryland, right? Mm, and then they have the, to go on their own. Um, uh, White Bridge, I think. It's White Bridge. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, because that was, I, I was, as I was thinking about it, that was the other, that's the other scene. If there's a fourth scene, the scene where, uh, Tom Maryland sacrifices, sacrifices himself. himself. Yeah. I, I, I cried at that moment for of course a little bit did. too, uh, yeah. as I'm supposed to. I, I think you probably cried when Rand killed that Trolloc on page ten. You know, no. you're like, oh, I can't handle it. But no, death. no, <laughs> no. I I did not cry at that. I was like, holy crap. Uh, that was also on a long bike ride, and I was like, <laughs> wow. Uh, read a good battle sequence, mm -hmm. and that gives you lots of energy. 
Um, Camelin, though, when when they're they're in the city and uh, and the, and we get and and Tom and Rand or uh, not Tom and Rand, Matt and Rand are having their first experiences in what is what passes for a big city. Well, Camelin is a big city, and well, in, in this in this world, I mean, yeah. for me, it felt like uh, I remember uh, my first real visit to New York. Mm, yeah, and it's a rude awakening. It's very different. And what you think you're going to experience, not necessarily what you experience, not that it's good or bad. Uh, expectations are oftentimes very interesting and challenging things. Uh, but I, but I can see in them uh, these experiences of, oh my word, there is so much, there is so much to life outside the two rivers. Yeah. And how much are they going to see? And this sense of adventure and excitement uh, that, of course, winds up getting swallowed up and distracted and taken away from them as they are swept along this adventure. It's really kind of cool. Speaking of getting swept along on adventures, Todd, I hope you enjoy continuing to read The Wheel of Time. I know you Very will. Very much enjoying it. I, I think I mentioned it at the top of the episode, but you are through book four now. You're Correct. getting started on book five just to give people an idea of how excited Todd must be right now. <laughs> so, uh, so I hope you are too. And I hope you'll join us on Patreon so you can hear those episodes. We should end up doing, I would imagine, what, six or seven of these? Something probably, like that. Probably. So. Maybe uh, maybe, uh, maybe six or seven and then maybe one big wrap-up episode. Yeah, something like that. So we've got plenty of content coming your way. Head to patreon.com slash legendarium. Put a buck in the tip jar for every episode. That's every episode on the main feed. So when we do an episode on the main feed, you get charged a buck at the end of that month. Uh, it's as simple as that. So, and then you get me for free. And then you get well, you get Todd for, <laughs> let's call you. You're you're the sprinkles on our ice cream. Todd. I'm the sprinkles. <laughs> Never been sprinkles before. <laughs> Bye everybody. <laughs> <laughs>